2: Uh, wine, but I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking
0: for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.
1: And go. in the air, deep right center go. field.
0: Two-run, home run, Trevor
1: Story. Way back, Myers, so oh, watch it go oh, Chuck. High in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com preserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout you'll be in and out in minutes use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase now let's jump into the show All right, I am your host, Drew Kreisman. Alongside me for the first and last segment of this episode is our favorite beat writer, Patrick Lyons of BSN Denver. Of course, I wanted to run through a couple of fun topics with him today. Uh, Again, we're getting to the stage of the season where we're we're going to be doing a little bit more off-topic stuff as we sit here now. Uh, I'm not quite sure how on the next podcast we're going to discover uh, discuss this. It's either going to be another really terrible loss for the Rockies or the greatest comeback win in, <laughs> in franchise history. They're sitting behind a uh, 701 in the third inning. It is not looking good uh, right now as as Hoffman really struggled out there today, but the other news of the day really the the news of today that uh, has more of an impact beyond just what's happening out there on the field right now was of course the Colorado Rockies uh, deciding to move on from Chris Ionetta. so I wanted to uh, begin there a little bit later on we're gonna have a more fun conversation about some of our favorite promotions and stuff. And between all of that, I've got a fun interview for you guys uh, with the owner of the uh, Banano Concepts Situations. You guys know how much I love Milk Market. And we talked a little bit about how, uh, you know, the business element of some of this local Lodo stuff uh, can play into Rocky's community and Rocky's fandom. So I hope you appreciate that one, even though it's not... Uh, you know in-depth Rockies talk we're going to do a little bit of that here now uh, with Patrick and why don't I go ahead since I've been talking for a while begin with your top line takeaway from the move the Rockies DFA Chris Iannetta decide to call up a young Dom Nunez 24 year old makes his major league debut this evening Uh, what do you think this means for the Rockies and why why do it now
3: I think the timing is, is pretty apt,
1: Buddy talked about
3: how this gives the Rockies enough time to see if Nunez is the backup catcher for the 2020 season. Tony Walters has, of course, um, shown a, a dominance there in starting three out of five days as far as what he does defensively and what he provides to the starting staff as well as the relievers. And they need to know, is, is Dom Nunez the guy that's going to start those other two out of five days? And... You know you have about seven weeks until the end of the season give or take, and this will will provide them with with enough data at the big league level to see if he's Dom is, is comfortable enough handling the staff he's worked with these guys you know in, in years past maybe not some of the veteran guys uh, so much one on one but a lot of these young pitchers we saw Hoffman today. Um, you know Chichi Gonzalez in, in spring training, but Lambert, of course, uh, John Gray. At, at some point, he's he's worked with some of these young pitchers down in the minor leagues. At, at some point, so he does have a familiarity that kind of gives him a, a bit of an edge right now. And uh, if he does become that backup guy, that is now uh, at minimum one million dollars that you're saving because a backup catcher, if he's uh, worth anything, is going to be you know going to cost you at least one to one point five million dollars. And
1: uh, it, it saves right, you like if they were to just go get some vet who can't hit for anything, but would, would catch decently and, and call a good game and and do that thing next year. That's what you're saying. So they, if Nunez emerges, then they won't need to go get that guy.
3: Yeah, precisely. And now that's uh, at least, again, an extra $1 million that they can go and spend. If you look at what Ionetta's deal was going to be, if they decided to bring him back uh, with a not an extension, but if they were to select his option, then now we're talking about a good $3 million that they have. So I, I think now's kind of the time for Ionetta to, to part ways a little bit and see what some of these younger guys are going to offer the team uh, in 2020 and as well as beyond.
1: Yeah, and, and we should get into that, but real quickly, let's take a moment to, first of all, remember that you can make a pretty easy argument, honestly, statistically speaking, that Chris Iannetta is the best catcher the Rockies have ever had. Now, the Rockies are well known for having never really drafted or produced or at any point had uh, an elite catcher. It's been one of the bugaboos of this franchise. At the same time, Chris Iannetta worked out a pretty damn solid career for himself, for a guy who doesn't have the most natural athletic ability and, you know, d- doesn't necessarily ever had the numbers that really popped anyone's eyes out, but he used his baseball IQ um, and, and his uh, certainly his ability to catch. And he had some pop in that bat as well His ab- ability to put together and at that, bat. <laughs> and i think he'll probably find himself with another team out there before too long someone going for you know i don't know if there's too much left in ianetta's career but it wouldn't surprise me if someone picks him up because you're not worried about him in a postseason coming off the bench and taking in at bat in the moment getting to him you know what he's going to do he's going to go out there he's going to work the count he's going to make it three two and then the question will be does he walk hit a home run or strike out or hit it weekly those are kind of your options at that point but at least you know you're going to get a certain veteran presence. So um, I think Rockies fans should should do well to remember his time and say, you know, so long and thanks for all the fish, as it were. It's always my favorite, but thank you for, for all of the time. And, yeah, what, what do you think the, uh, the future holds for Iannetta?
3: I think there's a chance, you know, another team could, could pick him up, particularly if they have some young backstops, uh, as it were, right now in this moment. You know, there's uh, we we don't have that uh, deadline for the uh, waiver trade deadline if you want on August 31st. So if a team has a guy go down, like the Cubs recently experienced uh, with with their big bopper there, uh, and they were forced to, to go after and take someone who's recently released, another former Rockies catcher, Jonathan Lucroy, oh, coincidentally. So, you know, uh, it might not even be a team in contention. It could be someone like the Orioles who say, look, we got some young guys uh, and we want them to kind of learn the game the right way. You know, I net a 14-year veteran, 80 home runs as a catcher with the Rockies. So, of course, he has a lot of the hitting records with uh, the Rockies as far as catching records goes. And, you know, outside of William Rosario, there haven't been too many you know Rockies catchers that have been major bright spots. You know Nick Hundley. You know did it pretty well for for a minute a, a few years back. But um, the one thing that you, you Joe definitely, Girardi's
1: been phenomenal as a manager.
3: <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Um, but you know Brent Maine as well. Yeah, right. But Jayhawk Owens. Or were you just gonna, people? Are like, what? No, Jayhawk Owens is a real person. This is true. And uh, you know it, it, the longevity is is just something that doesn't get. Um, enough credit for some players who, you know, there's some in the hall of fame that have, you know, consistently compiled and that's how they got to 3000. Maybe they were never the best, but, uh, bottom line is, you know, you, you, look at the records up and down for most, uh, hits, most home runs, RBIs for a catcher in Rockies history. And you're going to see Chris Ionetta's there and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he would probably be, uh, at least tied for most playoff appearances in a Rockies uniform. If, no, he would be he, the most. He has
1: to be, he, I would be surprised if he wasn't the most.
3: He would be the most. He, 07, 09, 17, and 18. Right. So actually, he's tops. He's got to be you know,
1: the only guy who's... Uh, obviously, he wasn't there in 1995. Chris Iannetta's not that old. But he's the only guy that's played on these last four postseason Rockies teams. And, 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 I, and I don't think that that's 100% coincidence either. It's obviously not just Iannetta. There are a lot of things uh, about those teams. But... He was an important glue member of all four of those postseason teams. And
3: his you know lineage or his uh, legacy will continue to play on in the form of Tony Walters. So that's a real huge piece right there as far as, you know, let's see what Tony Walters does in his career. And going forward, no matter when you talk to Tony Walters, one of the first guys that's going to come off uh, the, the top of his lips and uh, on the tip of his tongue is what he learned from Chris Iannetta and, you know, how Iannetta was able to kind of really mold Walters and and help him develop his game not just defensively but his approach at the plate offensively. So, you know, what Walters does, you know, behind the dish, again, is is going to be a testament to Iannetta as well as Dom Nunez too who uh, obviously have, you know, gleaned something from him the past two spring
1: trainings down there in Scottsdale. So as we transition into our conversation about young Mr. Nunez, I get to probably for the last time. We'll see. I don't know. We were just looking at the list today, but I, I think this really is the last time for somebody's major league debut that I get to go all the way back to my minor league debut, their minor league debut and my minor league debut. The year was 2013. The place was Grand Junction, Colorado, my hometown. And that 2013 GJ Rockies team was a very, very special team, and, and that was the year I got to meet uh, John Gray, Ryan McMahon, Ryan Maltapia, Carlos Estevez, some other people that have moved on from the organization but gotten to the bigs like Jordan Patterson, but Dom Nunez was one of my two discoveries on that first trip out there alongside Ryan Maltapia. I met this young man at 17 years old, and after just a couple of conversations with him, I knew He's got what it takes. You never know if a guy is going to be able to learn to hit a big league slider, a big league curveball, big league fastball. You, you, You can never really predict those things as much as we all like to pretend we can. But you can take stock of how engaged a person is, how much somebody wants it, how strong of an aptitude they have for the game. And I think all of those things just leapt out at me. And it's almost seven years later. He's been through such a journey, and yet his journey is just beginning. Uh, I'll I'll never forget I showed up at the next spring training because he had been playing second base. He had a real tough rookie year. I think he hit under 200, like a buck 80. didn't hit his first home run until the last week of the season, then hit a couple big ones for a team that was in a a playoff race, a postseason race that got into it at the end there. On the last day of the season, he had a big three-run home run. So that was nice. But I showed up to spring training the next year, and I see him sitting on the bench He's got his catcher's gear on, and he just looked over at me, and he gave me this look, and it it spoke volumes. Of course, I interviewed him, but I didn't really need to. I could have just said, he's a catcher now, and he couldn't be any happier about it. And it seems like all the years through the minors now, that's mostly what it's been about for him, is becoming the most excellent catcher he can be. And I think we're all just again—you get to throw all the other things out the window and just be unbridled excited for a kid on on today, a day like today.
3: I went down to spring training last year. You and I were we were both there at the same time, and we were on the backfields. It was a Hartford Yard Goats uh, double A game that was the day that the lights happened to go out right in the middle of about the sixth that's inning. Right, that's and it was right. like, all right, I guess we're going home now that the power's out. But I remember just sitting and watching Dom Nunez's defense behind home plate, thinking, you know, how, how good is this kid? And I definitely was impressed by his ability to block balls in the dirt. And, you know, I, I thought it a bit puzzling this offseason when Nunez wasn't added to the 40-man roster, because I thought there was a good chance a team could pick him up, kind of stash him uh, and as a backup catcher, maybe a third catcher. And, you know, you and I, Drew, we were, in the, we were in the dugout before one of the games talking with one of the folks in the front office saying, like, was that really a worry? And, and it was. You know, yeah. they, had to, they had guys that they had to protect uh, that were more of a priority, and Nunez was left out there in the Rule 5 draft, and I think everyone part of the organization – You know, shed a a sigh of relief when Nunez's name was not called down there in in Las Vegas on that Thursday for the Rule 5 draft. Because if he was, you know, Ionetta would still be around, which would, uh, you know, certainly still benefit a lot of the guys in the clubhouse. But I don't know who that next guy is. Chris Robago, you know, has not really developed the way they. Would have liked. Um, you got some guys lower down, in, in Asheville and Willie McIver, but ultimately Brian Servant too. I, I, I shouldn't uh, forget him, of course. But Nunez is kind of hitting his stride at the right time, specifically offensively. You know, I, I think he's benefited a little bit from the you know the altitude down there in Albuquerque. But regardless, he's had some some real good strings together of. Uh, of some, some some big games offensively. He did a walk-off grand slam just the other night, in fact. So uh, it, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, what he does for the team. It might not be as exciting as what Brendan Rodgers is going to provide or, you know, what Peter Lambert provided in those first two starts, but this is a guy that could really be a, a cornerstone player for the team moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I think you're right. This is about taking that next step forward and I was shocked that they didn't lose him in the Rule 5 draft and I think they're going to end up being incredibly thankful about it and other teams are going to be kicking themselves when they realize they could have gone out and and just more or less just grabbed this guy for nothing. Uh, it, it's because as I said, uh, there, there's a lot about the aptitude Of his game. And you mentioned it. Yeah, you know, you look at the batting average, like 240, 245 in the minor leagues. It doesn't jump out. But then you look at that on-base percentage. That's something he's always been good at. I remember his first year in Grand Junction, he actually walked more than he struck out. Uh, For a young player, uh, he's always had a nose for the strike zone. And then he can run into it. If If he lines one up, he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's got 17 home runs. And I know everyone in the PCL has 17 home runs this year. I know I could have 13 maybe. But no, no, no. six. I get get six PCL. I'm giving myself six. You get six, Jerry. You get six. I appreciate it. Some of these, whew, some of these swings that are producing home runs, I'll tell you. Let the pitcher provide the power. But, yeah, I I think that this was the right time to do this for the Rockies because it does give them a little bit of extra time here. Uh, And we're actually, you know, he had his first at-bat here, and he didn't – get a hit, he didn't draw the walk, but he worked the count. A couple foul balls, made the, made it a full count. I think you're going to say, it's funny, I was, I was kind of saying that about Ionetta when we started the conversation, that he didn't always give you the base hit, but sometimes the pop, but he can draw the walk, get you on base. The Rockies tend to hit their catchers right in front of the pitcher, uh, if that's where they're going to have him. You know, we're seeing his second major league at bat behind us here. As we go, he popped out to, to the shortstop or the left fielder get that one? Let's left fielder first. came yeah. in, yeah. yeah.
3: Very shallow fly shallow ball for the left fielder.
1: Ball. Um. But, yeah, I, I, I think the, that it's very likely that we're seeing the beginnings of somebody who's going to have a very long major league career. Now, whether or not that – he might just be as a backup, but it, you don't even have to hit. You can catch in this league. You can find uh, a 10-year career. He's going to have a hot shot to first base that's uh, recorded for an out here. But, and, again, not a kid. we saw this out of Rodgers. Sometimes you divorce yourself from the results a little bit and go, does this guy look scared? Because a lot of them do. A lot of guys, I mean, Ryan McMahon will tell you. Jonathan Daza was very open about it this year, that he looked a little bit scared at times, that he felt a little bit overwhelmed. But I think we're seeing a kid that's going to be around for a long time and probably in a Rockies uniform. And it doesn't hurt that
3: he's a left-handed hitting catcher as well. So Rockies now have two of
1: those, which a lot of teams would, would really prefer they had that as well. Yeah. Uh, fantastic stuff all right well, we're going to take a little break here uh, before we do that i do need to remind everybody that breckenridge brewery is the official beer of bsn denver they are fantastic they are wonderful they've got vanilla porters they've got oatmeal stouts they've got the avalanche amber ale and of course the beer of the summer the strawberry sky and if you haven't Head over to bsndenver.com and check out the events calendar because we got a lot of fun stuff coming up where we're going to be drinking Breck brews. We're going to be giving them away, giving away T-shirts, giving away tickets. Everyone can use tickets and T-shirts and beer. Everyone can use those things. So make sure you RSVP for the next event we're doing. Going to take a quick break here when we come back on the other side. Frank Bonanno about all of the fun things going on down here in Lodo.
0: Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. It's a fun place to golf. It's a different atmosphere. And it's a really nice course. And it's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado, I think. You can just see the mountains, you see the golf course, you know, kind of like Cheers. Everybody knows your name and your handicap. That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tea times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls, or check them out online at raccooncreek.com.
1: Welcome into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by Denver Milk Market. And today, really, the whole Bonanno Concepts family, because I am very excited to be joined today by Frank Bonanno, uh, the man behind uh, the whole concept here. Not just the Denver Milk Market. You've got a a lot of restaurants around here in the Denver area. Several I still have not been to, uh, some of which I'm uh, a big fan of. I know our guy... Patrick likes the salt and grinder because he's a Jersey guy too, like you that that was sort of your inspiration, right? That is kind of the beginnings of your, your chef making uh, life here.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, salt and grinder is not one of our most recent, but um, you know, I just grew tired of not being able to get like an East coast, simple sub out here in Denver. So why not open a place that does something very similar to what I grew up on in New Jersey?
1: Right, and I think there are a lot of people who are very happy that you did that. There, you know, it's a place, and I think that's one of the things I love so much about Milk Market and this this whole area is that it recognizes, I think, two things very clearly: one, that Colorado is a local place, and there's all these local people doing some great stuff, but it's also a place with a lot of transplants who do like things like where they they came from, and it kind of gives you a a bit of all of that.
2: Yeah, I think um, you know, a lot of it is a throwback to either italian or new jersey i think albina is our seafood market here represents the jersey shore impeccably fried clams blackened fish sandwiches steamed mussels you know those are the things crab cakes i grew up eating just like the sandwiches at G here at milk market um, and then you know our salt and grinder up in the highlands is where i cure all my italian meats that we use in all the restaurants so yeah a little bit of what I couldn't find or bring back from New Jersey, I'm making here.
1: Right. And and I got to say personally now, I very much appreciate it because as someone who works at Coors Field, which is if it takes you five minutes to walk to Coors Field from where we're sitting now, you're, you're taking your time. You're smelling the roses.
2: Yeah, very much so. <laughs>
1: yeah. It shouldn't take you longer than that. And, you know, I've been coming out here my whole life. I'm a Colorado native, 32 years old, and, and I used to come down here. And there wasn't this big necessarily early on embracing of the colorado rockies community but when i come down to denver milk market i see rocky stuff everywhere you got Rockies merch for sale and i'm just looking through the the lunch specials that you every time the rockies are home you can come out here you can get a lunch special but not only that i mean they're for you guys the Banano bro's pizza's got the dinger it's got marinara sauce veal meatballs some fortina cheese spinach and parmesan for eight bucks and right that's, and that's a whole pizza yeah, I, I, I it takes me two sittings. I usually head over to the engine room for slice of pizza because I am a pizza guy. But if I've got time or I'm, I'm with friends, that's my spot right here. Just a few feet from where we're at, the banana pizza. And you, and you can get that dinger right there on a game day. But, yeah, man, it's tasty stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's one of
2: the things would, that enticed us. I mean, I think 12 years ago, you wouldn't have sat on the curb in this spot right now. That's right. Um but, you know, I we've been a big supporter. Uh, the first year we opened Osteria Marco on Larimer Square, they went to the World Series. So, you know, we've been, Rockies have been a big part of our growth in the restaurant business and the community. So we wanted to support them. And what better way than having each venue here have something to offer that's Rockies-focused and a deal for people going to the stadium? Because we know it's not it's not an inexpensive ordeal to go to the stadium and buy food. So... If you can nibble on something here and then just get a dog at the stadium, great.
1: Right. Plus, obviously, it sounds like you're good luck uh, (laughs) coming in in 07. I'll say this. I'm someone who likes to avoid... The traffic jams, the rushes. If you want to get out early to the ball game, this is a perfect place to come. You can come find a place to park that's not gonna to be totally crazy. If you come out here a little bit earlier, you avoid all that rush to the game. You wanna go see batting practice, you gotta show up two hours early to do that. But you've got a little bit of time to kill. You can come hang out here, find anything you want. And you don't have to just be a meat person like me. I I I don't wanna like, I'm not a huge salad guy, but that doesn't mean the people out there don't get them. And the Green Huntsman Coorsfield Cobb salad, again, eight bucks, game day special. You don't have to go and, and, and pay crazy money for something just because you're in the ballpark area.
2: Yeah, and we often have the game on the big screens here. So if you're wanting to avoid that first first inning crowd, you can hang out here, watch the first or second inning. And then you're in the stadium in 10 minutes. As you said, five minutes to get there, another five to get in.
1: Right. And and I do love even like even these small touches, like the screen is up right now. And instead, we've got this nice open window. So we got plenty of daylight coming in here. And you don't need to have that down and out. And, and if it's not anything on, a bunch of empty screens looks weird in a place. Just a right. lot of these little attention to detail things. But I, w- I will tell you again, my favorite, because I come here to work a lot. I'm, I'm working before or after the games. We're doing a podcast or I'm writing articles. There are outlets everywhere. We live in a modern society. Everyone's got to charge your phone. You're doing stuff on your phone. If you're going to the ball game, you're on Twitter. You're you're doing whatever. You got to be at a place where you can go and charge. I, I used to try to go to some of the other places around here, and you'd have to guess. You go. Well, I hope my computer's charged up, or I hope my phone's charged up, because I'm going to be out of touch for a while, or I'm going to have to ask the bartender to put it behind the bar. Pretty much from where I'm sitting, I can see ten. There, there's about
2: 192 in the whole space for people to charge. Yeah. Here, that was one of the big things when we were, um, when we were building and designing. That was really important. That we wanted it to be able to for the business person and just like you're saying, just convenience. You you don't design a restaurant. Even our latest one, French 75. There's outlets everywhere for customers at the bar, and some even in some of the booths for people to charge their devices. Right. So. It's just the world we live in now, right?
1: Right. Fast, free Wi-Fi. That's something you get here, just publicly available. And and again, it's like you would think that's it's, oh, it's fast issues. We have issues
2: with Wi-Fi sometimes, but we, we
1: try. We do our best. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Some places, it's very clear that they just... And you would think, again, that would be a part of the modern approach, that everyone's after it, you know, that so many of us need it. It's nice to see that there's at least an attempt to make it available. I went to cover the Dodgers last year, and it was so weird. We were in L.A., we're a couple blocks from the park, we go in this place, we go, hey, what's the Wi-Fi password? And they said, we're a bar, we're not a cafe. And I just went, oh, oh, okay.
2: No, you have to embrace that. I mean, uh, if we could throw even more money at our Wi-Fi situation here, we would, because it's really important to us. Plus, you know, the, the technology, when you order here, we're sending you a text when your order's ready from any of the venues. So it's important to us that our Wi-Fi works and that, you know, people can get Wi-Fi here and log on and do what they need to do. I mean, this is,
1: we're business lunch too. Right. And it's, and I would imagine it's got to be about as close to paperless as you can get here people i'm sure if they people want a a paper receipt i I think i always choose the text option because it's just again it's easier it's so much easier to do it that way and we all pay on debit cards and these things these these days it's so if you don't carry cash it's really really convenient
2: right yeah and i mean just we even have our venues that you can walk up and you don't even need to talk to somebody you can just use the ipad and I don't know if it's an iPad, but it, you can <laughs> right. use a so, tablet, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, and order your food, and then it'll text you when it's ready. So, yeah, I mean, we have wire, wireless, no paper. Sometimes if you're just not in the mood to talk to somebody, you can just go up and order.
1: Right. And, and again, I, I like that because you might be somebody on the go. It's great for either way. Like, there are days... I don't mind coming in here, sitting around, talking to people. I might strike up a conversation at the bar. I almost always seem to meet somebody. I meet a lot of people from out of town here. Uh, we had a friend come in recently and meet us here, a, a huge Rockies fan. Everyone listening to this knows Nikki from Austria, saying it reminded him of some of the things they're doing in Italy now, that spaces like this are a lot more common, and that it's great because you can get to meet new people, but you can also, if you've got your headphones on and you're working, you can just type in what you want. Someone will bring you what you got to do. Then you walk over to the other place. You get what you need there. And I've always been a big fan of, you know, get get beer from a brewery. Get wine from a winery. Get meat from a guy that curates meat. Right. Right? And it can be difficult to get all of those things in one place. Typically, you've got to make a sacrifice. You go to a brewery. They might have great beer, but they're not going to have the best food. Or... or that's I think my favorite thing about this whole place is I can go to one place where they only do meat and then a couple feet away I can go to the place where they only do beer get local craft beer on tap like why isn't that more of a thing
2: (laughs) Um, that was one of the things that we really wanted to embrace and and with our relationship through our other restaurants and the local brewers here we were able to go to them and say we want something unique that you're only doing in your space that we won't bastard eyes and we just wanted to do that and like once great divide jumped on board and was like screw just giving you that we'll brew something specially for you and other breweries in town jumped on that and said either we'll only pour it in our tap house our tap room and at stranded pilgrim i mean that was what we wanted uniques here something definitely unique to denver and that was the vision behind this and You hit it right on the head. I mean, quite honestly, we went to Spain and traveled pretty well through Spain looking at these food halls and El Nacional in Spain and Barcelona in particular. We spent about two weeks traveling and and seeing what their markets were like and trying to, to bring some of that European flair to this, which people will call it a food hall. But we like to call it, it's a market. You could come in here and buy food for dinner. You can get 60-day dry-aged steaks, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, vegetables, take them home and cook them. Or have us cook it and you bring it home and heat it back up. So we, we definitely were embracing the more of the market feel with Milk Market than we were a food hall.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I love about that, too, because, again, it's nice. Like, if you're out and you have a nice lunch, maybe you stay a while and you have a couple of drinks, you still need something for dinner, what do we all do? We they'll go, uh, I'm tired, I don't really want to, but I'll swing by the grocery store on the way home. you got to make a whole other stop. If you're here having lunch, you have a couple of drinks, maybe you live in lower downtown, you just want to walk home, grab something from, like you said, have a make it up or, or just take something to make later. Uh, it, it, again, yeah, I, I think it's brilliant, but I think the thing that, that really drives the whole Home for me because my mother was in a uh, you know local business development over in Grand Junction downtown development for a very long time, growing local economies. Coors Field area has been given a lot of success, I think rightfully so for, for growing this whole lower downtown area. Lodo is as we locals call it, but. It hasn't always worked that way across the country. A lot of ballparks don't do that. I think one of the things that Coors Field made a point of was to make sure that it was local businesses who came in here and filled out the area. You've done the same thing, same concept here, that it's the vast majority of it. I don't know, is it 100%, but it's almost all local businesses in here. And so if you, if you come shop here, your money isn't going. You're not saying, well, nice for some going to milk market or some going to own concepts but some of it's also going back to the CEO who owns the company back in whatever state. Right, It's all going to stay here in our Denver and Colorado economy.
2: Yeah I I think that's one of the things that we love about downtown is you know even being on Larimer Square with three concepts that they're all local. Everybody's like I'm not homegrown but i've been here a long time since 86 so i feel like this is my home right and we've made it our home and i think that you may have a lot of transplants like you said but i think once you've lived here for a couple of years and you meet the people that are here you feel like it's your home and that's what i think makes denver so special and and the the commerce that's grown up around it i mean it it is a cool place to be a part of and that's what made us jump into it i mean just the whole project sage hospitality started in colorado with walter eisenberg and you know he's grown it now nationally but i think you know the base of sage is denver and i think he he kind of defines what denver hospitality is as well
1: yeah you know and and so i know the question on everyone's mind then speaking of denver hospitality and and transplants have you adopted all of the Denver professional sports teams? Are you a big pro sports guy out here? You're obviously supporting the Rockies. You've done everything you can to embrace that community. But I don't know. Some people, you know, they we see the Cubs jerseys down at the Rockies games. We do see the – the. it's hard to – especially New York, New Jersey. It can be tough to let go of whatever sports teams you were you brought up around. I,
2: I will say you can take the boy out of New York, but yeah. uh, it is – I, I check the sports page every day, and, yes, I go to the Yankees score first and then the Rockies score second. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm an avid Broncos fan, but if the Broncos played the Giants, I'm rooting for the Giants. I hate to say that, but mm. my heart my heart, and my family, and it's just – it was too steeped in me. Um, I, I would actually root for the Nuggets over the Knicks right now for sure <laughs> and went to several games, and I try and get out and go to games – You know, I I love going to sporting events here in Denver. I mean, going to a Rockies game, it's easy, you know. I mean, going to a Broncos game is – I live really close. I can almost walk to the stadium from my house. So I try and go to two or three games a year for Broncos. And once again, the Broncos are right on par, if not better, than the Giants as far as how well they run a franchise. I mean, there's – very few franchises around in any sport that are run that well, and I, I think the Broncos are obviously. Look at the players they get; they they are an upper tier franchise, and I think that that sets the bar for all the other Colorado franchises.
1: Yeah, I think so. They're obviously in a, a downtime right now, but people, you know, they forget how not that long ago it was back-to-back Super Bowl appearances and how many championships they do have over the years. And, yeah, the other teams in town are trying to catch up. The Avs had their run. I was yes. a bit younger back in the day, but uh, obviously that was great. And even we saw I mean, this year, I'm sure you saw it, the, the run that the Avs made this year. For, yes. Uh, Lodo lights up when things like that happen. Oh,
2: Denver is – Denver is. So, I, don't, I don't think people realize what a sports town Denver is. I mean – I would pit any Broncos fan against any Raiders fan or any fan in the country. These people take their football so seriously. I think that's what's amazing. I, you know, I think our baseball fans are, are awesome. I, I think it's we had a big learning curve when they came here. Right. I think we need to spend a little more money on the team personally. There you go. Maybe some pitching here and there. <laughs> I know it's, it's difficult. But... Um, you know, I I think it's hard when you watch other franchises that that spend money on sports that it's you know, we are right there with them. I mean, I you know, I went to a bunch of Nuggets games this year and it was it was packed even when they're playing lesser known teams. You know, I mean, I was there to see the Nuggets. Right. Whereas some years it feels like you're there to see the the Lakers or Cleveland Hey, LeBron's or in yeah. town.
1: Let's go see LeBron. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I've
2: been through all that, and I've lived through that with the Nuggets, and I mean, I used to go to the Nuggets when Dan Issel was the coach, for yeah. God's sakes. Cheap to go then. Right. Yeah. Oh, I
1: remember when Nick Van Exel was the best player on the yeah. team. You could get in real cheap back in those days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's got to be interesting seeing it from from the other side. Of, for all of Steinbrenner's stuff over all those years, he, all, he, he spent the money, that's for sure. Um, but... Now, it's interesting because there is this weird link between Rockies and Yankees because there's so many ex-Rockies doing so well for the Yankees yeah. right now. And there's no no one here has anything but love for DJ LeMahieu. And it looks like he might come in second place in MVP voting in the yes. AL. Just because that guy, some guy I've heard of, some Mike Trout character who seems to be pretty good at the game. Right. Uh, but... I mean, it really couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. And it's been phenomenal to see the way the New York baseball community, which is as good New York Yankees fans. Look, I know Rockies fans don't love to hear it, uh, but that is an institution as important to its sport as as any to any sport. Being a New York Yankees fan makes you a part of a tradition that runs back over 140 years. And to see the way these people have embraced DJ LeMayhew as their own it hurts a little
2: bit well we we
1: embrace anybody who produces hey, that's the new york media the baseball, right there right. right
2: i mean if you produce on the field we love
1: you well All he's right. producing and they love him that's I, mean, I, sure. I
2: think even Derek cheater got a couple of boos yeah in his career you know but i think we're avid fans and i i mean i think it's very similar to the broncos like how that is steep tradition with the broncos and They are a class franchise, and they put a very competitive team on the field every year, injuries, whatever. But, I mean, they have always, through their history, just been a very competitive team and a class franchise that's not afraid to do the things they need to do to win. And I think that's – I mean, look at how many Super Bowls they went to that they didn't win that were amazing teams. So, you know, just luck of – the flip of the coin, I guess, right. but
1: but they get there. They get, they they got get to there. the dance They gave yeah. their
2: fans something worth cheering for, and I think that that's what people always remember. Yeah. I mean, I remember Thurman Munson going to Yankees games as a kid. I mean, I was a Rangers. I'm still a Rangers fan, but God, it took till '90 for us to win a Stanley Cup since 1942. So right. I, I lived a long time with terrible teams. But you're, you know. I grew up going to the games with my father and brothers, so you know that's just what I am. But I jumped right when the Avs came here. Boy, I was excited because they came while I was living here and considered myself a local. So I'm I'm a big supporter of the Avalanche.
1: There you go. Well, that's awesome. and I think it's, at least you can have you know uh, you can have an American League team and a National League team. It's not like the Yankees and Rockies it makes it easier. Yeah. Yes, uh, but I, I do think again it makes sense that you would understand the way a baseball team can matter to a community and why it's important to have a place like this that that does all the little things that just, you know, you walk and you see the the signs that say, hey, welcome, Rockies fans, even small things like that, that I, I think make it clear that that's what this area is for. You see people walking in and out of here all the time wearing jerseys or or whatever else. And uh, I think it's just a a pretty cool thing to have it be a mutual relationship. And I would imagine going to games at Yankee Stadium, Madison Square Garden, stuff like that would make you help you to understand that fervor, that passion that sports fans can bring.
2: Right. And I mean, I will say that um, the thing that I find is so great about Denver is that. On a baseball game here at the Milk Market, if the Cardinals are in town, it's fifty-fifty Cardinal jerseys and Rockies jerseys, and they're getting along, and right. and we're just so accommodating in such a nice city. Whereas, you know, if that were New York,
1: yeah, right. You know,
2: you're you're well, you're walking out with your head between your legs with a Cardinals jersey yeah. if you're playing the Yankees because they're gonna bash you and say nasty things to you because. I don't know. They're just not. They're very diehard, but I think Rockies fans are just so. We just love what we have. I mean, I think you're. You take it for granted when you've had it for 140 years. Yeah. As opposed to only having it for 28 or 29 years, right? Right. Or is it? It's. What is it? I We've think had it's it for 25. Eight, 20,
1: 25 20, years. This is the 26th, I believe. So yeah. So
2: I mean, I think you know when you're 20 and that starts for you. You, you don't know any better that yeah we should be nice to people right and, and it is a great environment down here for baseball games uh,
1: well it's it's also a, a great environment here i gotta say frank that you've created for people to come out and and have a good time and a nice atmosphere that i think just fits into our modern society of let me do it my way let me watch shows when i want to watch shows let me listen to a podcast when i want to listen to a podcast uh you know let me get stuff from where I want. Let me be in charge. Let me, the consumer, choose what I want, where I want it. And it's just everything in here, it seems to have that up front, just the convenience of a modern person who's, maybe we don't want to admit it, but we're all a little attached to our cell phones and the internet and, and all the other modern conveniences.
2: Right, for sure. I think um, that that is what defines us here.
1: Also, you can get a Nathan's Ballpark hot dog right now for $3. Just, I mean, it's just how fantastic. Chili Cheese Dog, four fifty. Throw some stuff on there. Have some fun with it over at Ruth's Butchery. Because, again, anytime the Rockies, and you guys know this, there are a lot of home games. That's a lot of daily specials. 81, there's right? 81 of them that you're putting out there. But anytime the team is home, you can come down. If they're out of town, the game's still going to be on the TV for you, so you can come hang out uh, and still get some, some good stuff. Frank? Thank you so much Thank for you so in. much. It's, I
2: appreciate it. It's
1: been a lot of fun. Everybody make sure to head on down to Denver Milk Market or any other one of the uh, Bonino Concepts places. I'll, I'll have a link for you on the site. I'll send one out on Twitter so you can check out all of those other places, man. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program diamond club is based right here in denver and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game that's why i have my son playing with diamond club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more.
1: All right, welcome back into this final segment of the BSN Rockies podcast. Thanks to Frank, we had a lot of fun there. We wanted to wrap this one up by having a little bit more fun with our guy Patrick Lyons on Bark at the Park Night here at Coors Field. We thought maybe we'd do a bigger conversation on on all of our favorite promotions, but we've actually gone on a decent while on this podcast, so we figured we'd just talk about the dogs. We'd take advantage and and just do this one because it is one of my favorite uh, promotions now, my two doggos are too loud and anxious to be out here at an event like this. The big one, maybe she can handle it, but the little one would, would have a difficult time. Uh, one of these years, I'd love to bring them out and, and see how they do, if they could get calmed down. But I, th- I think it's a great event. Uh, it's also very color. I know a lot of places do it now, but it feels so Colorado. I know I live in Boulder, where everyone just walks around with their dog. It's like in, uh, Living in Boulder is kind of like living in 101 Dalmatians. You remember how... Everybody, 101 Dalmatians would walk around with a dog that looked exactly like them. That's pretty much what living in Boulder is. Um, So, uh, you know, there and there are a number of puppy doggos in attendance this evening that share a resemblance to a man who just hit a double right there, Mr. Charlie Blackman. Was that his third double in this game? In the fourth inning, what is going on out there on the? It would have been his third double, except it was caught. one
3: bounce off the wall, thrown in the second, and with Jesus Tinoco running in front of you, oh. you only get a single, <laughs> even though you missed a home run by about six feet. You got a single. is baseball hilarious? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, dogs are uh, – yeah, it's funny you talk about Boulder. You know, they're uh, on the Banjo-Billy tour bus, which uh, some of the listeners I know are aware about me doing tours up there. We, we go to this one spot where the Harbeck-Bergheim house where we talk about this family who – they uh, they had their three their children uh, Rover Beauty and uh, Jim. No, I think I got one of the names mm-hmm. wrong. See, yeah. I'm not I'm not <laughs> in tour mode here. I just have it like memorized, you know. Yeah. But uh, all th- but their uh, when all three of them passed away, they had them buried in the backyard. Their children, and I should mention that their children were their dogs. Sure. So it makes sense. Uh, they had their deaths listed in the death, city's death registry. They had a funeral procession and everything. Um and yeah, so it was uh it's pretty wild here and uh it was cool they had a parade down on the field with all the dogs. I do not have any dogs. Uh for everyone who's dying to know what kind of pets I have. I have a single pet. I have a small bird, a parrotlet, Pacific Parrotlet. He's probably about maybe four inches big. He's super small. He thinks he's tough. Uh so he has the kind of the personality of a of a chihuahua. His name is Oliver. And, uh, yeah, he's a little, he's a little pip, so, uh, but I don't have a dog. I, I, I've had only about three in my life that I can remember, and the, the best and longest one was a, uh, was a collie named Shannon. That was, wow. that was about it, yeah.
1: yeah. Collies are great. Yeah. They're fantastic dogs. And I know a lot of the Rockies are dog people, as it were, yeah. maybe most famously David Dahl with his dog Rookie. Uh, who has his own Instagram account, I think, that has more followers than <laughs> all <laughs> of us, <laughs> everyone listening to this. But uh, yeah, and, and I should also mention that I, I have a cat as well. All of my animals are named after Game of Thrones characters. But can you, can you imagine a, a cat night at the ballpark? No, couldn't do it. <laughs> Anyone, any, any cat owner, like, can you imagine? A, everybody bring your cat out to the
3: park. If they just sprinkle some, like, fancy feast around the ballpark, they could get plenty of strays to just come in. I mean, that's probably what happens. That's probably what goes on here at night regardless, you know?
1: Unofficial cat
3: night. Pretty much, just in case there's any rodents around. They just kind of let a couple cats loose. I think that's why you do see that at ballparks. You never see dogs running around. Where oh, Hold on, we have a timeout, delay of game. There's a dog running on the field. I don't think that's ever happened. No. Uh, but we have seen cats at, you know, at least once a year. There could be a good streak going on right now. So Squirrel
1: uh, once a year at so least. Not, so not to get all Bob Barker, but please spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> <laughs> right. We should do, that's, that, that should be an a off-season podcast, the top ten moments for animals on the baseball field, other than Randy Johnson murdering that bird in front of all of us.
3: Oh, very sad. Tucson. Yeah, that was down in Tucson at, at Kino Memorial Stadium. Wow. Yeah. yeah, when I worked with the Boulder Collegians last year, we, we took a trip down to Tucson, and we played a couple games in that ballpark. And and, and during the process of doing my research, I was like, oh, cool. All right. some spring training baseball went, went on down here. Tucson Padres had a AAA team. And, oh, yeah, Randy Johnson um, committed. Uh,
1: Burticide. I don 't know what the yeah yeah the the, the uh, word is, is avia side would it be avia yeah, it could be <laughs> could be i't know I don't know what's going on there, but so we'll talk about other promotions <laughs> some other time, but is this is this one of your tops because I really enjoy it, but I find this one like we'll talk about this again in the future, but like when it's Star Wars night or Game of Thrones night, some people come out and go ah, I don't like this because it's not my thing, but I'm like, then ignore it what do you care but a lot of dogs out there. They can be unwieldy. Like I said, there's a reason my dogs aren't here. Uh, I, I imagine there are some messes going on out there. But it's one of my favorites. Do you think it's one of the best? It's not. It's no longer original. But where would it rank, just off the top of your head? You gotta.
3: If if, yeah, if you were just ranking the, the top all time promotions after bobbleheads, "Bark at the Park," I think, and and because of the, you know, the the rhyming nature of "Bark at the Park." It, it rolls off the tongue it 's just a great concept i haven 't i 'm sure there 's been some some nasty things that go on behind the scenes and'm not just talking about number twos here, but like if you know dogs get in fights or i 've never i 've never heard anything about I that I again either. no dogs running on the field, nothing like that. Um, I guess you know if you have any allergies or something you know they, they here at course field they keep them. You know, kind of sequestered over in uh you know the center field area or right. quarantine, maybe I should say and uh <laughs> and so you know there's there's no real issues for for people who have allergies, so I think it's a nice special day for for people who you know to to some in uh in our world you know your your pet or your dog may literally be the only child that you have, so um, it's a nice way that we're kind of able to open up the game of baseball to to people who might not normally come out or people who get to enjoy the game with everyone and I mean everyone in
1: their family you know Man. that was really nicely put Warming. Warming well, thank you them. yeah well, you're bringing a bringing a smile to my face and some some warmth to my heart and so every, anyone out there who also enjoys Bark at the Park night or just wants to send us pictures with them and their doggos and their doggos and Rocky's stuff please please do so we're never gonna say no to that and let us know if it's one of your favorite promotions if it came out Uh, to the ballpark with your dog, and you've got some pictures we'd love to see and retweet those as well. Uh, thank you all for listening in to another fun episode of the BSN Rockies podcast. Make sure you're following us on all the social media at BSN Rockies, at Drew Kreisman, at Patrick D. Lines. Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, whatever podcast app you happen to be using. Make sure you are subscribed to BSNDenver.com so you don't miss out on any exclusives, including a fun new thing that Patrick and I are about to unveil, a duel efforts between the two of us uh, that we're going to try to make a regular feature on uh, BSN Rockies for the foreseeable future. It's going to be a lot of fun to put together. Hopefully you'll enjoy reading them. So thank you for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you we will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman and Patrick Lyons. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.
0: Hey guys, I was just sitting here talking to Lindsay about Total Bev's new app, It's incredible. You can shop 5,000 different wines, 2,000 beers, 3,500 spirits, anytime, anywhere. Better yet, you can have Total Beverage shop for you and pick it up inside prepaid and waiting for you. Wait a second. That is so cool. So can I still get it delivered if I use the app? absolutely i know you guys have heard of their delivery service total beverage will deliver to your house within 90 minutes or less we can even save you 10 bucks on a purchase of 50. use promo code totally10 at checkout what's also amazing bsn fam if you can't find an item you want total bev will give you suggestions of similar items on the shelf or you can request a special item right from your phone it really doesn't get much better than that Remember, use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout to save. That's T-O-T-A-L-L-Y 10.